So signs you're a victim of an evil altar. Now, it doesn't matter uh, how high you are in the ranking of God or how low you are in the ranking of God. I'm not interested in either of them. What I'm interested in is get the enemy out of your life. Okay? doesn't matter uh, which level you are in God or which level you are in God. It doesn't matter. This message is to get him out of your life and Christ back in there. Nothing else. So if this hits home with you, thank God, because he's opened your understanding. What you see, you can never unsee anymore. The moment you see something, you say, well, you're, you're at war with it. But how can you be at war with something you don't see? This is the problem with Christians today. They are at war with something they don't see, and they think it's uh, normal for this to be there. Okay. So signs you're a victim of an evil altar. Now this can speak in your workplace, this can speak in your spiritual life, this can speak in your family life. They, they hit every category because it is a ripple effect. So signs you're a victim of an evil altar, continuous failure. Okay, this is probably the biggest one. So you're a victim of continuously failing. It is a sign that you are under an evil altar where you're bound. Now whatever, now whatever gets surfaced from today, you would know how to use your authority to break down those altars. And when you start to see it in the pattern of your life, even before you were believers, you start to see Satan hidden in many areas still and you're walking in Christ. So signs you're a victim of an evil altar. Continuous failures. Next one, struggling to develop. Now this is some, some meaty stuff in, in the Christian life of believers. Continuous failure. Struggling to develop. Struggling to grow. Now this is a very common one. Ready? A blessing from God that does not last for long. Meaning short-lived success. Now, I tell you, I put my hand up. <laughs> I went through all of these. And the Holy Spirit took me to deal with the altar that was behind all of them. Now, I was a person, um, I was a very good soccer player. Then I moved to footy, very good footy player. And everything I'd done, I failed in everything. But I had so much potential. I broke my ankle twice, left one, broke it once, two knee reconstructions, broken my jaw, broke my nose, broken my fingers. And it was interesting that at the age of six years old, you have to hear this. And, and I'm not going too deep into it, you have to hear because it's true. At the age of six years old, I had a trophy and the right knee was snapped. My right knee. I, I snapped my knee twice, my right knee. And if, if I can tell you there was an evil altar, they were parading, there was many. But it was just interesting, at the age of six, the trophy never fell. 
there was a snap in the right knee and I actually injured myself and I didn't stop injuring myself after I saw that. And, and this is something about me. See, I, I've lived it and I've went through it. I've seen it. Every time there was a place where I'm going to become something or someone, I would injure myself. And really, Satan wanted to destroy my life. And that's what he wants to do to every single person. Now, whatever they opened from generation or from parents, whatever it is, there was doors open. We know that. But I just want to show you how they worked. So we see, see things as someone who continues to get injured to be an accident. I think you need to think a bit deeper. So let me keep going. Struggling to develop as a believer, as a man of God, as a husband, as a wife, a person in their workplace, it, it goes through every area. A blessing from God that does not last for long, meaning short-lived success. Now that's, that's one section. Now the other section I'm going to... The other section I'm going to speak about links up with this, but it's a whole new different altar. Okay? This is regarding uh, sexual problems. And I had them both together because there's one God that focuses on both of them. Okay? So please, be patient with me. This may speak to a lot of people in some areas and other people in different areas. Just receive it both with joy. Amen? So, the, so signs you're a victim of an evil altar, sexual problems, fornication, sex outside of marriage, lust for constant sex, adultery, homosexual tendencies, pornographic addictions, perverted desires, pedophilia, and having sexual dreams with demons disguised as naked men and naked women. Now this is a big one. Because I've had many people come to me in the past and they reached out to me that they've had uh, sexual dreams. And if I can say it black and white to you, you're sleeping with a demon. Okay? Disguised as a naked woman or a naked man. Now this is how the kingdom of the enemy works and I'll explain. So if you're a victim of this, it's okay. You're aware of it now, you can fight the source. Not the dream or the action or whatever happened in that dream. You can fight the source. And bring this all to your attention so you can understand. And now repeat them out again. These are two altars that I'm going to focus on. And we'll go see where we go from this. Continuous failures. Struggling to develop. Struggling to grow. A blessing from God that does not last for long, meaning short-lived success. Sexual problems, fornication, sex outside of marriage, lust for constant sex, adultery, homosexual tendencies, pornographic addictions, perverted desires, pedophilia, having sexual dreams with demons disguised as naked men or naked women. Now, let me say this to you. I've had probably 500 cases in the last six to seven years where they'll tell me they've repented um, from their lustful desires before Christ. Yeah? 
Then they come to Christ, they're not doing that anymore. Their dreams keep coming. Their dreams keep coming. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a point that is surfacing for us that there is an evil altar connected to you. Okay, and that happened to me in the beginning of my journey, but I'm not going to go there now. I'm just going to explain how demons work and how they attack. And it's interesting, we try to ask the Lord for forgiveness for sin, but there's something deeper that we need to uproot. Okay. So you all still with me today? Thank you, Jesus. We go to First Kings chapter 18, verse 30. Now I'm not going to read this whole First Kings ch- chapter 18, but I just want to show you who's behind it. Okay? I want to show you who's behind it, and I want to show you how they operate. Now, well, I'll share it after. <clears throat> okay, so the Holy Spirit showed me that I'm going to teach you how to repair your altar between you and the Lord. Okay, so there are altars where Satan has become, uh, unfortunately, the God of your life. I'm going to teach you after this series of how spiritually to erect your altar back towards the Lord. And this will take time. It's a process, but it's the only process. And being truthful with yourself, being truthful with yourself, being honest with yourself is crucial for you to move forward. It's crucial. How you be teachable from people around you that are in Christ and towards the Holy Spirit especially is crucial. Now those things that I read out, everyone could have put their hand up because everyone has been through it. And before Christ, it happened. You're in Christ now, it's still happening. Uh, Something's knocking on your door. Let's begin to look deeper. Now everyone always tells me, you look too deep into things. But that's the Holy Spirit. That's the enemy. He works in the deepest places you think he's not behind it. So let's have a read here. Now I'm not going to talk about Elijah's story because there is a treasure in that whole story. I'm just going to speak about the character and the attitude and the heart of Jezebel. Now there's one major principle here that I'm going to hit home with because it will speak to us. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people approached him and he repaired and rebuilt the old altar of the Lord that has been torn down by Jezebel. So she tore down that altar of the Lord. Now you're going to learn something very important here. You're going to see the major principle 
of where Jezebel is strong. And this will speak to every believer here. It will, because it's true. So we go to Revelations. Go to Revelations chapter 2. 18 to 29. In the... I preached this, I preached a little bit about this, I think three years ago, but now we're going deeper and deeper. So you'll probably throw stones at me today, but later you'll thank me. <coughs> Revelations 2.18 and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things, says the Son of God. Says who? Jesus. Who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like a fine brass. I know your works. Now isn't it interesting here that that person, that person he's speaking about is fruitful. Now this worries me a little bit. Okay, because this person is fruitful and he has service towards God. But there's issues here. Now, like I said, this speaks to me first. Okay, I'm not trying to be humble by saying that. It speaks to me first. I know your works, your love, your service and your faith. And your patience as for your works. The last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, can we stop there a second? This spirit that attacks you, it's not something you cast out. It's something that you correct through the Holy Spirit. Now look, look, look at the title Jesus gives her. She's a prophetess and she's into the teaching business. You understand? So this spirit teaches you. And there are, there are some fruits through your personality, through your character, and through the way you do things, through the way you think. doesn't flare straight away. But you're going to see the traits of what I speak about today. So are you understanding me? You know how the Bible says, I have not given you a spirit of fear? This is not so much something you attack. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. This is something in your attitude, your character, and your heart that you have to change. Are you getting me? So this is not something in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. No, we're not dealing with a spirit of infirmity or a spirit of sickness. We're dealing with character, personality, behavior. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Uh, could we go back to that scripture? So the first fruit of the Jezebel spirit 
is one major sign. What is that sign? She's unrepenting. Unrepentant. That's a sign, unfortunately, that the Jezebel spirit is at attack in your life. An unrepentant person. Isn't that, go back one sec, please. Isn't that interesting, God's mercy? Look at Jesus' mercy. Even to the, your last breath on your deathbed, he's still knocking with mercy, with love, and with compassion. Isn't that interesting? But isn't it interesting that he will not tolerate the Jezebel? Because it's heart of Satan. It's the mind of Satan. It's the attitude and personality and character of Satan. Uh, next one, please. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed. Another mystery here of why sicknesses come. Sicknesses are glued to an unrepentant heart. Now, please don't get angry at me, but I'm just, telling you, I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And isn't it interesting that judgment begins in the house of God? And it does, because he's speaking to a believer here that they accepted her teaching and they had faith and they had love and service towards God. But here we are seeing one major issue of why sicknesses come to believers. And yes, there are believers that get sick and God has mercy on them and heals them. There are people that get sick without any sin. I'm just teaching you what Scripture says here. Indeed, I'll cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. Now there's a deed now. There's, he's talking about actions, deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches. Now he's addressing who? All the churches of Christ. The true church. Not the circus churches outside. The true church. I will kill her children. When you read this, what do you think? There's no compromise when you follow Jesus. We always give, we always give so much faith for us to fall and to backslide and to rebel. Why can't you have faith to be obedient and to be righteous and to live faithfully with God? We always give room for us to fall, give us uh, uh, room for us to fall and to make mistakes. Why can't we be obedient? Because the Spirit in us the Holy Spirit. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the... Where does he search? Before all this, this is good. But here is most important. Isn't that the truth? And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Your personal relationship with Jesus is the most important. Don't deceive or fool yourself. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine... 
who have not known the depths of Satan as they say, I will put no other burden on you. Now, I'd like to stop there. The Holy Spirit shared with me. I think I shared that with Pastor Tony and some other guys about the Holy Spirit showing me that he's going to show me the depth of Satan's schemes. And it's interesting because not everyone in the churches get to understand the deep schemes of Jezebel. Because in the next scripture it says, I'll put no other burden on you because you have not known her doctrine. Holy Spirit spoke to me at the beginning of this year. He said to me, I'm going to expose every one of them. And you know what he said after that? The more is given to you, more is uh, commanded from me for you to surrender. And isn't that the truth? The more that God gives you, the more is required of you to cleanse and purify your heart to walk with the Lord. Now I say to you and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as they do not have this doctrine, who have known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put no other burden. So he doesn't put a burden on all the churches because they didn't get to that level to see the way that Jezebel actually works. Next one. <coughs> but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my work until the end, to him I'll give him power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my father. And I'll give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. Okay. Where the which way do I go now? The best way to describe Jezebel is through her pattern and attitude of her heart from 1 Kings chapter 18. But I'm going to explain that. I think there's 22 verses in the Old and New Testament regarding Jezebel. What are examples of Jezebel? The first example is she, she was a person of immorality. Immorality means to be merciless, dishonest, unfaithful, selfish, prideful, greedy, lustful, envious, gluttony, laziness, sluggishness, sexual, anger, and fornication. Now these are the fruits of a life of Jezebel. Now, Bear with me, please. The next one, she lived a life of idolatry. Now, I wanted to give you a different definition because I speak about it nearly every week. She lived a life, she lived a life of idolatry. 
Something more deeper for the body of Christ regarding idolatry? Have you ever heard their statements when people are trying to be positive in difficult situations? At least I still have my house. At least I still have my job. At least I still have my health. At least I still have my family. Idolatry is more than loving something more than I love God. It's believing that the something I still have will be the source of my breakthrough, redemption, and restoration and peace. And that my delivery and what and and that will deliver me from whatever I am facing. Did you hear this? I read it again. Something more deeper for the body of Christ. Have you ever heard the statements when people are trying to be positive in difficult situations? At least I still have my house. At least I still have my job. At least I still have my health. At least I still have my family. Idolatry is more than loving something more than I love God. It's believing that the something I still have will be the source of my breakthrough, redemption, restoration and peace. And that will deliver me from whatever I'm facing. How many people, I still have money in my account. I still have my house. I still have my health. It's believing, sorry, when I look anywhere other than Christ for my security and contentment, health or future, we are practicing idolatry. Houses, jobs, health, family can all become idols. They are attractive, attractive and surround us each way we turn. If we believe that something I have other than Christ brought me out of Egypt, we are doing exactly what the Israelites done by worshipping the golden calf. If we believe that the something I have other than Christ brought me out of Egypt, we are exactly doing what the Israelites done by worshipping the golden calf. So that reference, whoever wants that reference, is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 32 to 38. I'm not going to read that. I have a lot to get through. Now we're understanding now a little bit about Jezebel. People look at it as a sexual sin. It's deeper and way deeper than you think. Jezebel lived a life of false teaching. And I will read this one. Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four, verse one to seven. Anyone want to read?
my interpreter here, Daniel. Daniel interprets me in the English. Like, I know how to speak English. <laughs> you can come up here if you like. So Daniel does all the, um, the, um, the flyers and the advertising for me and Tony and for their ministry. He works behind scenes to make our preaching look good. <laughs> so go for it, Daniel. Second Timothy 4, 1-7. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word as an official messenger, be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those who error in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin, exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold, and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure from this world is at hand, and I will soon go free. I have fought the good and worthy and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith firmly guarding the gospel against error. I give some wisdom. Whenever you're reading the books or the epistles from the New Testament, read what they say before they're going to go see the Lord. And you'll start to see well, you'll start to see the final message when, before they left, before they went to see the Lord. And you'll start to see each one speaks the same language. Each one speaks the same dialogue. And you start to see in the last days, we are in the last days. And how the message has been portrayed of who we are in Christ has been so dimmed, been so dimmed of how we are to truly live for him. And it's true. Now, this is a big one. The Jezebel, her character and her fruit lacks the fear of God and godly principles. We go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23 to 31. You got the microphone, Daniel? I'll let you go with it, bro. 
He, 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 he reads like a dramatized version. <laughs> you need a thunder and you need the... <laughs> Proverbs 1, 23 to 31. If you will turn and pay attention to my rebuke, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused to answer, I stretched out my hand and no one has paid attention to my offer. And you treated all my counsel as nothing and would not accept my reprimand. I will also laugh at your disaster. I will mock you. <laughs> I will mock you when, you dr when your dread and panic come. Uh, just one sec. Pay attention to this. This is God speaking. That he will laugh at your disaster and mock when your dread and panic comes. Now, I'm going to explain why he says that. It's very important that we know why he says that. Someone will see God as unfair. But God sees as that person as an enemy of God. And I just want to keep going. I will also laugh at your disaster. I will mock when your dread and panic come. When your dread and panic come like a storm and your disaster comes like a whirlwind. When anxiety and distress come upon you as retribution. Then they will call upon me wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me eagerly, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That is, obeying him with reverence and awe-filled respect. They would not accept my counsel and they spurned all my rebuke. Therefore? Therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own wicked way and be sated with the penalty of their own devices. So here he's saying there are, there are believers here that cried to God out of pain, troubles, and tribulation, but they didn't cry to God out of change. The greatest way you can call upon the name of the Lord in your life is to cry out of change. And the way that God sees it is that when you're crying for knowledge to know him more, wisdom to walk with him more, and the fear of the Lord that's going to actually protect you. These people cried without a clear intention that their hearts want to change to walk with Christ. And there's two types of believers here. One that cries not out of change and one that cries to God to change. And God says, I will not hear the one that cries to me out of not having a heart to change. It's very important you know this. Because the Bible says he's not slow in keeping his promises. He wants everyone to come to. You start to see he's not slow in keeping his promises. He wants everyone to come to repentance. So the blessings are linked with repentance, obedience towards your God. So you start to see, hang on a second, I can start to see, I can start to see now, now with continuous, continuous failures keep coming, struggling to develop, struggling to grow, a blessing from God that does not last for long, meaning short-lived success, you start to see the holes and the cracks in your life and why God is not coming to the place that he's meant to come. You start to see a clear picture. So first, 
first fruit, she lived a life of immorality, she lived a life of idolatry, which I simplified it in a way we can understand. She lacked the fear of God, godly principles. In Proverbs 1, it tells you she, she rejected counsel, rejected knowledge, rejected the fear of the Lord. Now, now, for the deeper, deeper things. So now we're going to look at the behavior, character, and attitude of the heart of Jezebel. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. So if you see these characters, the character of your heart, the attitude of your heart in this way, rejoice, thank God, because you're aware of it. Something you're, you're aware of, you can be at war with. Something you're not aware of, you would be like boxing in the air. You wouldn't know what you're fighting. Okay. The behavior, character, and attitude of the heart of a Jezebel spirit. So Jezebel lacks self-control, unable to control emotional outbursts, unconcerned... Uh, stop, finish. So the Jezebel spirit lacks self-control, unable to control outbursts, unconcerned with affecting others. Number two, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors and attitudes. Number three, abusive, takes advantage of others to achieve higher own goals by using manipulation and lying. Number four, jealous and envious of others, yet delusional in believing others are jealous, envious of them. Big one, this one. Has an unnatural sense of self-importance. Seeks out other individuals they feel are weaker to control, influence, and dominate them. Requires excessive admiration and attention. Totally void of empathy. Will falsely mimic empathy to seduce and control their victims. Void of empathy means to fake you care about someone's situation, circumstance, so you can control them. Now, I don't know which number we're up to, but I'll keep going. Prideful, never humble. Never takes responsibility when it's caught. Doesn't submit to authority, hates prophets or prophetic people. Seeks power and control. Knits and weaves webs of deception and confusion. It's a murdering spirit, constantly lying to get its way. Cunning, charming and charismatic. Charismatic. She will assure you 
she loves God, but her God, but her God is herself. So she will assure you she loves God, but her God is herself. Now this is male or female. I'm not picking on anyone. This is Jezebel can work through male and female. Just to make that clear. She is ungrateful to God. She refuses to accept guilt. She claims to be religious. She falsely accuses the godly. She rules her husband. Now that's that's for the wife. That's not a mistake, that one. <laughs> she uses lust to control. Now, this is for male or female. She uses lust to control. Now, the ways that a Jezebel manifest. Jezebel attacks your character by attacking your reputation. Now you begin to see if you have done this to people. The way you can attack someone's character by attacking their reputation, you can see. This is a bit deep, but some will understand this. Appears likable to infiltrate your lifelines by forming connections with those close to you so they can paint a wrong picture of you, so everyone can see you through the wrong eyes. Now, we, w we will start to get deeper and deeper, but before you look outside, look inside, please. And that's for myself as well. It appears likable to infiltrate your lifelines by forming connections with those close to you, so they can paint a wrong picture of you so everyone can see you through the wrong eyes. That's the Jezebel spirit. She comes through personality, character and attitude of the heart. Now, you start to see you, you want to pull down that altar, that big altar that Jesus speaks about in Revelation. He's most interested in your heart where the love of God really overflows and the answer the answer I have one simple answer response to all this they're void of the true love of God and that is the truth that is the truth Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 let me keep going now this is a I'll say it but the Jezebel spirit attracts other spirits. And I know Ahab was part of well, her husband. They worked together. But I want to speak something else. Jezebel is driven by witchcraft, uses other spirits against you, forming a stumbling block. Examples of spirit of lack, spirit of limitation, and the spirit of delay. Now, how many people here have been victims of spirit of lack? Spirit of limitation, they're limited, and the spirit of delay. Delay means I am delayed into entering God's blessings. So unfortunately, she's behind the whole thing, 
and she attracts different spirits. Unfortunately, having a heart like this is so dangerous. But the greatest wisdom is, I can see it now. The moment you see it is the moment you can resist it. And the Holy Spirit plays a massive part in this because he's the one that uproots that altar. The Holy Spirit is the one that you have to truly rely on because he's the one that defends you in this time. And it's so true. Uh, the Jezebel spirit, this is very common in the churches, causes division in a group, then acts as a mediator, seeks support from others to try and overthrow their authority through strife. So seeks other people's support to remove anyone in authority through division and strife and pride. So that's it for today. That's enough for today. So please understand, Jezebel can work through male or female. I'm not trying to pick on women here. It works through both, and it is actually true. But the greatest wisdom that I want you to get from today is seeing that pattern in your heart. Is seeing those fruits and characters in your heart. The moment you see that will be the moment that Jesus begins to destroy any altar other than Christ. But the greatest wisdom is seeing it. Now, can I tell you something? I've ticked many boxes in this area and there's nothing to be afraid of. I have. The Holy Spirit woke me up eight years ago and I'll share how I got to connect with this. The Holy Spirit woke me up eight years ago and he told me when I woke up, watch the TV. And back then, I used to listen to um, what's that called? Reflection. I used to listen to Reflections on Daystar. And they used to play music. How many music? You're floating in the heavens and everything's good. <laughs> and I used to watch it all night and the scripture used to play. That's how I used to sleep. Now I listen to the scripture. But I used to listen to Daystar back then. And the Holy Spirit woke me up. And he said, watch the TV. You need to get this book. Now, I'll tell you something. It's I got the book, never read the book. <laughs> because I wanted the Holy Spirit to tell me when I'm ready. Now, he gave me something. doesn't mean I'm actually ready for it straight away. He's going to begin to open my understanding to understand how it operates. But he, he showed me this. You know what it shows me? That it's not about dealing with a demon or dealing with a... A spirit in the Bible, it's how much Jesus wants to be in our hearts and how much the enemy has infiltrated our hearts and we've, we've thought it to be normal, where this is normal to live and think like this. But until you turn on the lights and see which spirit it's coming from, you'll start to oppose it and resist it. Now, eight years ago, the Holy Spirit told me to get this book. It's called a Jezebel spirit, a Jezebel book or something like that, I don't know. But I still have it at home. I haven't even opened a book because the Holy Spirit showed me through the scripture how to navigate and where to go. 
but he was showing me, bringing my attention to how it actually operates and how it's attacked all the churches in the book of Revelation. And for Jesus to be that, for Jesus to be that intense, you start to see those, tr those traces, those attributes, those patterns in your heart, they are from the devil. And you start to see, I cannot be like this. I cannot be like this. They, they, are the, they are the opposite of the fruits of Christ and the opposite of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting, before Christ, we, that's all we knew how to defend ourselves and how to, how to live like that. But under Christ now, you have to get a magnifying glass and begin to really, really focus on what you're feeding. And you start to see how much you need reliance on the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, it's not by might, it's not by strength, it's by the Spirit. You start to see how much reliance you are when you're praying in the Spirit. He's erecting, when you're praying in the Spirit, He's erecting that new altar as you pray. But you start to see the greatest investment to break in every demonic altar is a life of prayer. And you start to see so many people are attached to the realm of darkness or a demonic altar because they haven't established the, the authority in the realm of the prayer. And it's very important that you know this. So whoever ticked these boxes, it's okay. Once you see it, you can never unsee it. The wisdom from today is for you to see it. Then the process begins. Not Lord Jesus, take this away from me. Thank you, Jesus, gone. <laughs> it's not like that. It's in every circumstance that Jesus will try to rise with control, with manipulation, with authority. And you say, I'm not going to feed this anymore. This is how you break this pattern. And the, the Jezebel always exposed when it's confronted. And you start to see, I'm not going to feed it like this anymore. So bless you all. And let's pray. Now I'm going to walk you through in the coming weeks how to restore your broken altar of the Lord. And it's a process. Be patient with me, please. But the, the greatest wisdom from today is seeing those behavioral patterns, the mindset and personality of what Satan has done in your heart that's robbed you from every blessing of God. You start to see that the greatest altars that Satan erects in our heart, it's character, it's behavioral issues. You start to see it's heart issue, it's attitude of the heart, it's your behavior, it's your character. And believe me, we all have work in this area, but let us work on the right area. Let us focus on the right things of our heart. And it's true. So from today, please, I had one obligation, that's just to expose and to show you how the Jezebel actually works. Now thank the Lord Jesus Christ because you're not going to be that person anymore if you choose to really humble yourself and change. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ that these patterns are going to begin to get eliminated from your life 
So all the blessings of God will follow you. Naturally, they'll follow you. So be that person teachable from the Holy Spirit so he can help you overcome all these traits. But you start to see from revelations, Jesus is most interested in you, in the depths of your heart, in the place where every thought is formed, he's interested there. You start to see. Because it's true, he searches the hearts and the minds. And it's interesting that he commemorated them for their love and their service and their good works, but he went deeper into their heart. And it's interesting that at the final day, he will search your heart and he will search your mind. Focus in this area. Because it's one-on-one -on -one when you see the Lord. No one, he sent his word, not going to be here. It's you and Jesus Christ, the one whom died for you. So let's pray. I'm going to pray a prayer where the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom to cooperate with him to break these altars down. Because ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that does it through your obedience. So open your hands, whoever wants prayer regarding this, and I will pray. If you have been a victim of this, rejoice today, because God let you see what's really happening. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, as we enter your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood to receive mercy, help, and grace in time of need. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the precious Holy Spirit that is inside of us. It is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you allow the Holy Spirit in each one of us to give us wisdom and discernment and knowledge to see every trace and every trait of where, of where the Jezebel has tried to control us or work through us. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you give us wisdom, discernment, and knowledge to see the traits and character of where the Jezebel has operated in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're leading us out of the snares of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. I pray for wisdom and clarity that you speak to them in dreams, speak to them while they're praying of the pattern of their character, personality, and heart that it changes before you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. That gives us the grace to overcome. You told us to shout grace to that mountain and shall be level plain. We shout your grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be upon each one of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.